Welcome to Postcolonials in Petticoats, your podcast about period dramas by two Brazilian academics living in the UK. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Postcolonials in Petticoats. Today we're going to be talk about, talking about the last episode of Bridgerton, Series 1. And it's full of excitement, a lot of feels, a lot of angst, a lot of emotions. It's not only the last episode of the season, but the last episode of our first season of our podcast. So, woo! Ooh, we made it! Woo! I'm Deborah, by the way, if you're just joining us for the first time. <laughs> I'm Lucia. Yep. And uh, we come to this episode today with <laughs> a lot of feelings for many reasons. I think one of the main things is that yesterday um, it was announced that a reggae Jean page is not coming back for Series 2 of Bridgerton, which is understandable, I think. Yeah. Because um, no, I mean... he would have been very much like a secondary character because, you know, Season 2 is all about Anthony and Kate. But we're all a bit disappointed that we will not see the Duke anymore. And like we, we would assume that he, at least he would have, you know, little cameos here and there because yeah. his character is pretty much still, you know. Yeah, they because in the book, in the book, we do see Simon. And I am a little bit sad that, that we know, you know, that he will not be at the uh, Palmo um, game, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm sure they can adapt it fine. There's, <laughs> there's, there's also the other books, the like Penelope's book, where Simon and, and Daphne are quite important. They host one of the yeah important I mean, balls Daphne is in the still story. gonna be in the show right so yeah let's see yeah. how that goes maybe maybe he will come back hey hey let's hold on to hope we have yeah. nothing else uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is um this is us talking about the last episode and because he's leaving as well we're just gonna you know enjoy this moment of talking about yeah. it um <laughs> Uh, I love how this episode begins and ends with a little nod to um, the next series. And when this was recorded, I don't think they had announced um, series two yet, but I think they were very hopeful that it would happen. And it begins and ends with a little shot of a bee going around. And, you know, for those in the know, bees are very important <laughs> for Anthony's story. So I like how that is. There's a nod there. I don't know because I haven't read Anthony's book, but I know that the bee is important because of, its connection to uh the father Bridgerton, right? Yes. Is that a spoiler? Yes. It's spoiler. Uh, no, spoiler. I think I think it's okay. I will not go into it in any any deeper just Either. because I think I think if you haven't read it or seen it and you want it all to be new, just remember the bee bees are important. Also hashtag save the bees. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's so, nice if you don't know uh since we're Brazilian I think it's worth mentioning. The Brazilian fandom um, has kind of named itself Abelinhas. <laughs> and all the all the actors now know it and they they use abelinhas to refer to the brazilian fandom which i think is really nice it means little bees yeah, i think mm -hmm. that's very nice <laughs> cute anyway cute. i am anyway. not i'm not the biggest fan of bees because 39 of them stung me when i was nine um so but i survived which is more than you can say about other people in the Bridget spoiler alert <laughs> okay well anyway <laughs> I like I like bees because I found out recently that my name means bee. Ah, Deborah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So I like them. I have uh, taken to like them. Well, um, I like them, but I'm also think... scared of them. I don't want to be stung by them. I am so. a bit. I am a bit anxious every time they come around because 
I I have trauma, but I think they are more scared of me because you know when bees sting you, they die. Yeah, and so... well, the scary actually, what's actually scary it's uh, wasps rather than bees, right? Oh yeah, because they and don't. Being able, yeah. And being able to tell them apart sometimes can be hard because you're just <laughs> panicked and you're just trying to run away. So you know, my anyway. problem is just yeah. Well, uh, let's talk. Stop talking about bees. Let's stop talking about bees. This is for series two. In series two, I'm sure we can have a whole episode talking about bees. But for now. <laughs> Uh, we open this episode with um, Lady Whistledown, uh, Whistledown's column, as always, and she's kind of saying nobody can know what's actually happening behind closed doors. And we have a glimpse at a few marriages. Uh, we, we see Violet kind of touching the pillow and missing her husband. We see the mm-hmm. Queen having to put up with um, George III going mad. And you see, we see her pain. And as always, I really appreciate those moments. And I appreciated them uh, when they first came. And I appreciate that now. Um, and we see a little bit of Daphne and Simon kind of going like passing each other in the house as if they were merely acquaintances and they hadn't done it every in every room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we have a bit of that to begin with. And then we have uh, so Daphne and Simon are posing for their portrait. And, you know, Harry, Harry Granville is the one painting them. Is the painter, yeah, uh, obviously. And it's very awkward because they're obviously not in good terms. They're, all, they're clearly doing it because that's what it's expected you uh-huh. know, to, to have a picture painted of you and your husband uh, and, and I actually really like-, like that scene because I I every time I go to galleries I look at those these portraits especially in the 19th and 18th century of families or like couples or ladies in the society or whatever and I keep thinking sometimes they're so um, lifelike and you feel like yeah. they're gonna stop start talking in and other times I realized that all of them kind of look the same. So you don't know if, if it's the style of the artist, the style of the times, or if English people all look like that and in these times. So I, I <laughs> also wonder. A mix, right? It's possibly a mix of the two. But I was just, if you think about those portraits as being like a register and a photograph, because nowadays we can just take 20,000 photographs uh, of, you know, (laughs) if you're celebrating an occasion, you can just take a picture. Uh, They didn't have that luxury. So they just had one, the one portrait. And imagine if the day you're posing for the portrait is the day you just had an argument. It's the day you just, you know, you're not feeling very well. You just got your period. You don't want to smile for the picture. Imagine that's not. Imagine if you'd been, if you'd been like, I don't know, crying. Like when I cry, my oh, eyes yeah, are swollen. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. And yeah. and, it, and it's like I just remember my mom always saying that she lo- she loves those paintings because she she loves the sad English eyes. The little uh, <laughs> my mom liked uh, yes. li- liked uh, Paul McCartney a lot, and she said it's because he she, he eyes. has he has sad English eyes. That's that's yeah. the 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 way sad she said English it. Eyes. She said it in English, so it's even more like yeah. So <laughs> like it's kind of uh, so you. I like to see the the behind the scenes of a, a painting like that. Yes, and yeah, you can see nice. the. And I like how uh, because of the artist asking them to kind of pose a bit, a bit closer together, they kind of look at each other and have a moment. Mm-hmm. of like recognition of the other one there and you know he touches her shoulder which is you know very sexy <laughs> and then harry granville goes and says oh, the picture of devotion the picture of devotion wow cute cute, cute. okay <laughs> you have to uh, we are not we're, we're not drunk by the way this is just us on a saturday morning <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's rough guys it, it was sunny just, and now it's cold laughing and saying a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense but there you go it's the last episode if you've if you've survived this far 
um you, it's, you it's, I, it's, yeah it's thank we we love you thank you yeah and you can <laughs> and it can you can stand our our ramblings i guess that's a very bit. true uh, we also have uh, a very nice scene between, like, w- with the Bridgertons in in, in their house. Um, we see a lot of, like, their interactions and how they, uh, they're just a relationship. So we have uh, Hyacinth pestering uh, Anthony, which is great because she's the youngest and he, he's the eldest. So it's like, great, <laughs> great to see. I love seeing that. Uh, some of my favorite bits, I think, are just the, these kind of family interactions between them. Uh, then we have Eloise pestering benedict about genevieve as well and she's just like oh you know i i I need to know more and and she realizes that wait a minute he was with genevieve no that that before oh oh when she when she wait you're jumping up am i jumping ahead you are you are ahead i'm sorry that that's another scene that's a great scene by the way that awkward kind of with the candy scene between Eloise, yes. Benedict, and, and and I think that comes later. Deborah, that, you're jumping. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm you're sorry. jumping the Saturday morning. Saturday morning. <laughs> but yeah, so she she wants to know more about uh, Genevieve and how they they started. You know how they met and why they're together, and that's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Benedict does ha- does not have time for her. <laughs> it's like you know, girl. No, no. We have Francesca back as well, uh, which is a bit um, striking because she hasn't really been there at all, and then they keep showing her a lot and be like she exists this is the other sister that hasn't been here but if you haven't read the books like i remember my dad asking like who the fuck is who's that why are they mentioning her in the last episode (laughs) she's she's mentioned at the start and we heard we hear that she's in bath and i think that's hilarious as well because um if you have been to bath you will know that the show was filmed in bath and there's a lot of things that are just so very much clearly bath in ear ass to believe they're London and I'm just like but it's not London it's Bath and then London was there Francesca was there all along London just wouldn't look like that sorry sorry not sorry beginning of the 19th century even in the posh areas where 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 where's all the all the horse <laughs> shit yeah. on the ground <laughs> yeah and all the you know yeah anyway but yes the yes. Uh, but then we have so Marina is fine she so she survived so last episode we see her you know taking that um Abortion portion? Yeah, essentially, that's what it is, yeah. Uh, but she's okay. She believes it worked. It worked. Um, sweet summer child. She believed it worked. <laughs> they know so little. Because, I, I mean, how would you know if you worked? Yeah, you and, and she's, she's, I think, she's basically thinking, oh, I'm not feeling the baby move, so I must have gotten rid of it. But she was, let's say she was about three months in, right? That's, yeah. You know, considering her size and everything. Um, she would have had, like something would have come out of her had she aborted. Yeah, no, there's usually blood if you miscarriage if you are exactly if you yeah, abortion. and and nothing happened, but she believes it's gone and she apologizes to Penelope and it's a very it's a very sweet scene because last time they they spoke, uh, Marina is just, it was saying oh Colin does not see you like that he sees you as a little sister and then this time she's like oh I understand I uh, you know. Thanks, you, you you did the right thing for trying to protect Colin, even though she doesn't know Penelope's Lady Whistledown, of course. Yeah, no. But she's just uh, supporting her and saying, we, you did the right thing. Um, so, yeah, and, and, you know, for trying to, to uh, because he's a good man, basically. Um, and he, she can see that Penelope really likes him. It's just not, mm-hmm. like, doing that out of 
spite or anything. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. But, but she's also relieved because she believes the baby is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have uh, we have Daphne and Violet walking. I think it looks it looks like Covent Garden. Just say it looks like mm. Covent Garden Market. It's a it's like a street market, uh, and they and they're talking about basically kind of talking a little bit about Daphne's relationship. And then the Featheringtons arrive, and 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 Daphne kind of extends the invitation to Portia to come to her ball, mm-hmm. which means that they are being accepted in society again. In a way, mm-hmm. I think Daphne's playing that role of you know people made a mistake they don't have to be judged for that mistake forever it's quite nice. yes so that's kind of the the theme of the episode i guess is mistakes and not everything and not imperfection and imperfection which is gonna go come uh later on in the episode as a big a big uh yeah and, and how and how how you can fix things you know sometimes it you know if something's broken it will never be exactly the same but you can still try your best basically and that's yeah. you know that's what, what they do um and then again we go back to this is a very kind of Fedrington focused uh few minutes of the episode because we go back mm. to their household and we have this young man waiting for marina um you know sir philip crane and which learned- everyone everyone that like you know portia and daphne when they arrive they think he is george they think he's george yeah because they think he's mr crane or whatever they think he's george and then he comes with news that george is actually dead Mm. he had been writing to marina and he was good he he was happy about you know the pregnancy and he was happy that they you know about the child and he he wanted to run away together but he unfortunately was killed in battle Uh, and now that's why that's why Philip now becomes sir. He he inherits the title and he um, offers to marry Marina. I think we just can we can uh, deal with this um, um, bit of the show um, and it's always oh, don't have to come you know come back yeah before, come back he off he he offers to marry her and she says no she can't marry him because you know she's not uh, she doesn't love him and she's not pregnant anymore so she doesn't need it that's what she believes. Mm-hmm. But soon oh, after girl. that she realizes that she I think she feels basically feels the baby. Uh, move mm-hmm. and she's like I need a doctor and then obviously the doctor tells her that she's pregnant and, and the like, doctor is like did, 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 did you really nice think? yeah, yeah. Not very nice. Well, we know the doctors especially two women weren't very yeah and I mean I think it did work I think those potions could actually work but she was probably too far gone for it to work yeah yeah you know and obviously they weren't 100% and they could you know damage one's life uh yeah. so in the end, actually, she ends up marrying. Well, I mean, it's it's implied that she marries Sir Philip because she yeah. leaves with him uh, at the end of the episode. There's a very good conversation between Marina and Portia, in which Marina asks her, and I think it's really nice considering how uh, Portia was very hard on her and very um, demanding and didn't offer that much support. Marina asks her, asks how Portia managed to be married for so long without love mm-hmm. and and Portia says oh you you find things to love you know mm-hmm. you have your children you have your wife and you know you find other things to love and you're stronger than I was mm-hmm. so you can do this it's nice to find finally find some support I think from from Portia yeah I from think Portia. In, and, in, 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 can, we can think that Portia always supported her in the way she could yeah, not the best way, but in the way she could, she had to get rid of that woman who was who was pregnant, and you know she was she didn't know what to do. I think, and she was doing her best. I guess 
badly, but she was doing <laughs> what she could. Yeah, so. and I think she's like, how can I? Um, I think she kind of like because because she's like, I know I don't love this man, so I can't marry him. And you see Portia's deal, Portia dealing with a lot of problems in this episode, and um, it's not like she loves the money and the uh, stability more than she loves her husband. But she found other things in their relationship to love more than the person himself. Like, so it doesn't mean that, I mean, so similarly, like she could find, Marina could find that his um, willingness, uh, Philip, willingness to to do right by her mm-hmm. is, a, is a sign of his character as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and that 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 can be Definitely. one reason, like one thing to love, not necessarily him as, but his character, he, like his I don't know. Yeah, and I just know. I think just the knowledge as well that he will honor her, despite how they feel because of his brother, you know, because he's doing it for, in the memory of his brother as well, and they both love. I think they can almost unite in the love they felt for, for George. And that might as well be way more important, I think. I think we also we need to take care not to think of... Um, and I think the show kind of does... But but the thing is, otherwise, uh, um, obviously, the audience is in 21st century. So we have mm-hmm, some expectations mm-hmm. of romantic love that weren't the reality in the early 19th century. So it is kind of... Uh, the show has to deal and manage those expectations with yeah. with its historical accuracy. So it's kind of like... Um, you see in their conversation and in other in, in other scenes that, you know, there is love. There is the, the love that Violet and uh, 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 Viscount Bridgerton have. And all the other, like, fam- the love stories there, Daphne and Simons, then Will and his mm-hmm. wife and all that. But um, at the same time, what is really love? Romantic love is, a, is an invention, really. Uh, not that you don't feel it, but... The, the definition of what is love and what is that feeling is something that is very subjective. And and I think it's uh, that ties in with what uh, Lady uh, Bridgerton tells Daphne mm-hmm. about love. Because she, uh, towards the end, is, is in the ball, at the ball and she says, we chose to love each other every day. And it doesn't mean like we had we had a very good marriage, but it doesn't mean they didn't have its trials. But we, we kept choosing to be there. We made a conscience so that's usually what you know within a relationship as well. You decide every day that you still want to be with that person. It's mm-hmm. a constant reworking and revaluing and a constant choice that you make. So I think also like what is love really? What is like this idea of romantic love? Uh, is the passion that they they led them to to have sex and and make her pregnant, or is the devotion and the and the responsibility that Philip showed her? What is really you know that's kind yeah. of and it's and interesting that uh, that uh, a show that's based on a romance novel allows itself to ask those questions and to, yeah. in a in many ways, answer them. You know, like that that love yeah. that there's, there's a lot more to it than and Portia, Portia, for example. Uh, this is not a spoiler because this happens in this episode. Mister Featherington is a is a is a douchebag, and he basically uh, bets uh, his family's future the house. Yeah, he he the he, house. He, yeah, he, he gives away the deed of the house, but. And then, like, it doesn't, again, the fact that he was in a, in a, in a, in a brothel, uh, looking to, uh, you know, get some prostitutes and drink and get, and get drugged and stuff, 
wasn't the the problem in their relationship in that he was cheating on on Portia, whatever. The problem was that he, like, you know, he didn't love her in that way, in the way of respecting her, respecting Mm -hmm. her future. He just cared about himself and his whole crying scene on the other episode. Again, it's not really his 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 story about himself and not about them. So yeah. again, and it shows that he didn't love them. Fulfilling, fulfilling these obligations as men in society at the time as well, and which he failed to do. Yeah, but he's basically pitying pitying himself and not uh, and not the fact that he's. Um, so I think true love doesn't necessarily mean uh, staying faithful to that person, like you know, sexually or romantically or whatever. In this sense, it's all. It also would mean, in a different way, in, with the feather. I think it, it means to, that, to... but the loyalty goes goes further. It's yeah, more, no, no, it's loyalty regarding as well, like but, their, their well being, and but you know. In the case it. of the Featheringtons, where they didn't have that type of love, being yeah, yeah, yeah. responsible yeah. with it, with each other's future and each other's happiness, like he wasn't, mm-hmm. meant love. But then he, he didn't, he didn't love her in that way. I guess mm-hmm. he didn't yeah. love her enough. Yeah, do that. So, um, back to funnier topics. Um, <laughs> Eloise then goes to the modiste to try and find out if Genevieve Lacroix is uh, actually Lady Whistledown. It's a hilarious scene because Eloise keeps dropping hints, uh-huh. and 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 Genevieve is just like picking them all up, and she's just kind of, <laughs> you know, just saying, agreeing, yes and, and agreeing, and you, you almost feel like. She is Lady Whistledown. Yeah, you know, like, like it is in the, the air. Question mark is definitely there because she is definitely playing with uh, Eloise a lot. Uh, and Eloise goes to her after hours when she's closed. Like, I mean, and Eloise goes like, "Oh, you you wouldn't open to one of your clients." It's like, woman, these are her working hours. She's not. She's she's yeah, on Eloise, the Eloise again is not showing much respect for the working class. Not very intersectional, Eloise. Are you? Anyway. <laughs> At the end, um, but throughout their conversation and this kind of weird kind of moment they look at each other and kind of, you know, dropping hints here and there, you see Benedict in the background. Coming down the stairs, yeah, because this, this is very early morning, right? This is before she opens the shop and Benedict yeah. was there during the night. Of course. And then he says that famous, not famous, but it was a loved, very much loved scene among all fans and all the, all the ladies watching where he says lock the door when when, <laughs> when Eloise leaves it's like yes I mean she sh- I mean <laughs> she should have locked the door sooner <laughs> <laughs> anyway yes uh scene so is funny. we have we, we know we know then that uh from always in the show like we come from something a little bit light to something a bit heavier and we know that Simon and Daphne are going to go their separate ways after the ball so mm-hmm. Simon agreed to be there for the ball since you know they're hosting it which makes sense uh, but they agree they'll go their separate ways afterwards, which is sad. Uh, sad. You know, and it's then like she... it's. I think uh, you know. I was thinking watching this episode and thinking about our discussion about last week's episode um, and how we kind of consider it to be a little bit of a filler episode. Mm-hmm. But I, I then I, I thought why that is, and I think it's because last episode is basically about positioning every character so they can end like so, so they'll mm-hmm. be where they need to be for the ending. So in that sense, it's not it's it's a filler in a way, but it's also not. And I think this is one of one of the things that we see here. It's like everything is being put in place. So the it, it was the work. classic penultimate episode because yeah. that's usually just bringing all the characters together. So, you know, so the last episode can work. Can yeah uh, yes definitely. Uh, I um 
so that's... yes, we have that. We have we have um, we have lot. So so we go back to the Featheringtons again, and they're very present in this episode um, in mm-hmm. many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Lord Featherington kind of uh, offers Will to uh, basically fix the match mm-hmm. to throw uh, the to yeah. throw it. Yeah, so so he can win, and mm-hmm. Will think Will decides that basically the thing to do for his family is to yeah is to is to throw it is to do that and 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 guarantee his future. And then they have and Lord Featherington is all over the place and not being very discreet is he like he's just god he is not discreet not very he's smart very bad at it. he's very bad at it maybe because he's drunk i don't know is yeah. he i don't know i'm trying to find excuses for him all the while he is he's betting on his he's using his house as um as collateral like to to, to bet on yeah. on the on the fight and the featheringtons the girls the ladies um, you're talking about not having money, not having credit at the Modiste, and then uh, Portia and because is like, they were they were invited for the to the ball, right? Yeah, so they, they have to decide what to wear. For the and ball. Portia is like, yeah, the girls will just have to, you know, rewear it. And then they're like, oh, can you? I I, I didn't think it was possible. And so like they're really out of touch with sustainability, out of touch with the times. <laughs> Guys, you can rewear clothes. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, secondhand. Charity shops, all of that. Sustainability, sustainability. And that's, you know, you need to teach the Featheringtons <laughs> about it. And they're going to have to learn, Yeah. by the so way. So that's kind of a, a, a nod to the future. I think they need, to learn, they, need, they need to learn about upcycling. So their dresses, they can change their dresses a bit. So it doesn't look the same. Which, in fact, I believe people did at the time. Well, people obviously. Didn't have a lot, people didn't have a lot of dresses as we tend to think, you know, they would have very few of them. Yeah, yeah, and I think also but it shows how completely unprepared these pe- these people were. It would be shallow as well, but that's also expected from their, like, you know, their context. They were completely in, you know, their heads. Out of touch, and, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, I think it's also kind of saying it's going to be really bad for them when they lose everything. Yeah, yeah, and, and you see, and you see later on the you see later on that Porsche is like planning to redo their country house and do all these stuff. So she, they clearly, she believes last week, you know, so Featherington won money last week. So she believes that. Uh, yeah. So that the will, thing is, come in handy. so the thing is, but it shows that the Featheringtons are bad at dealing with money anyway, even if we, when they have money. Yeah. Because they do have money. It's just that they, they, they don't know how to spend it, how to manage it. So that's really the problem. Like they are part of the society, whatever, but their complete shallowness, the, their complete lack of um control over their finances and over yeah. their urges yeah. makes for their ruin, really. So it kind and of I think that was such a such an important, uh weirdly important topic for the times. And if you read Jane Austen, if you read her letter especially, there's this concern about economy and household economy. Mm-hmm. this is constant concern and it was very much a kind of a, a couple thing that you know the men would earn the money and the woman would manage the household with mm-hmm. that money mm-hmm. and the Feddingtons are bad at that both of them are bad at that both of them so. yeah because then anyway um so just to explain where he got the money he bet on he bet on Will's losing and Bill uh, and Will is fighting is is doing like the kind it's kind of like tied the fight and then at the end he gets knocked out and then that's... And it looks very obvious as well i don't know yeah. uh, in just watching it a second time and being like oh my god it looks very obvious that he threw it yeah and then he you just know? he can see that he's awake and he's okay but he's he remains on the on the ground so it like he's clearly throwing it so yes 
that makes Lord Featherington win the money and get really happy about it and show and he is very he's far too happy far in public. Too. Yes, yeah. stupid of him. And then he goes Possibly home. Possibly his downfall. And there's the, the the guys who he like bets with, and the, the guys are just having like these suspicious looks and exchanging these looks. All the while, uh, Anthony and Sienna are eye fucking again, and actual fucking seconds later. I mean, I mean, man, just get over it. Get a room. Yeah, no, they were they're under the the under the seats. It looks like the railings. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's awful. And and it's just like I'm so over this relationship, whatever it is. Well, and then we find out that Sienna's also over this because we have uh we have another scene, so they they meet again. So it kind of it's almost implied that they are going to continue seeing each other. Now they're going to yeah. resume their relationship. Yeah. And uh, when Anthony and Anthony then suggests he invites her to the ball to Daphne Daphne and Simon's ball, mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't. We don't get her answer. She doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. But then when Anthony comes to uh, pick her up, she has someone else. She has another, you know. Uh, it's the same man. man it's not even yeah, it's another. The man who it's... Was with, no, it's the, yeah, it's the man who the was artist. with her. I mean, yeah. another to Anthony, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. the same guy who was with her uh, at the boxing match. But at the, yes. at the match and at the opera. So it's the, so she's yes. clearly she clearly has a relationship and the guy already doesn't mind making it public and like bringing her as his companion to many social occasions very open like so th- this man doesn't doesn't mind who she is at all exactly. and, presents, so and that, i think that is the point and, and that's what she says to anthony she kind of she says that she, he, he wants to change her yeah and she, and she doesn't want that and it's actually really nice i think that we find we get to hear from her and she and she finally speaks up to him as well um the way she feels because Anthony's constantly Anthony wishes he could marry her essentially which he can't mm-hmm. so he, he needs to let go uh, and he does and, and he apologizes to her he's very angry but he does apologize to her and I think it's nicely done I think and it, it's very much within Anthony's character because he's a very difficult person but he finally admits I mean, that he was wrong right before this he was he wanted to bring her to a ball just to show her to off his and sister's sh- ball and yes. show how you know oh i'm rebellious but he, you know that he wouldn't end up marrying her that he could exactly and she knew that too yeah so it would be just Brilliant. like a dare something like to yeah and this is in the difference as well i think it's important to remember that um for example i think anthony anthony because he's the heir he has duty he has a duty to marry and then produce an heir mm-hmm. had he been colin or benedict she could have continued with their relationship because he wouldn't have mattered as much but mm-hmm. it's because he is the heir that it matters, and that's possibly why she, the guy, she, the guy she started seeing then is possibly not someone who has a title. Mm-hmm. It's probably a like a younger son. And there's one thing that's interesting here is that they, uh, he says though, no one's gonna dare say anything to the viscount, and she's like, yeah, not to you, but <laughs> you know, but about her, <laughs> you know, what and about what about her? Back. Yeah, so. It's a bit complicated, and he—you can see that he's a bit, also a bit out of touch with, with really how it how it goes for her. Yeah, he doesn't. And it's a big, it's a big deal for Anthony as well because I think this sets up season two. Mm-hmm. You know, this realization that he can't have Sienna, and he's just like, okay, I'm gonna find the Viscountess, and I decided that the way to do that is by getting rid of the love factor. I don't uh-huh. need to love her. I just need to be with someone. Uh-huh. And, you know, and this ties, um, <laughs> ties 
basically to the talk that we see between between Will and Simon after the fight, in which Simon confronts him and like, you know, it's it was clear you threw. What about your honor? And then Will goes and is like, honor is actually taking care of one's family. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things, one of the chink chinks in Simon's armor of this whole story that he created to, to himself with his father and everything. Honor is not just like, oh, just Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna continue the line. I promised whatever. I won't have a yeah. child, so I won't no, have a child. No, honor yeah. is actually honoring your wife and your love and your, you know, family. So yeah. And meanwhile, we have Daphne snooping around and she's trying to find to <laughs> learn more about Simon because again, they don't bloody talk. So she yeah. needs to go and look at like look in his drawers and everything, and she finds old letters that Simon, as a child, sent his father to tell him about his progress. And this is the first, I think one of the first times we hear, I mean, other characters hear about his stuttering. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, and it's it's uh, sweet. And I think he does it a little bit. The actor kind of tries to do it a little bit sometimes when he's anxious and nervous. Uh-huh. Uh, but not as much as I think I, I, I think yeah, he could have done it even more uh, throughout the show. Yeah, but he kind of um, um, overcame it. And it's like, uh, but yeah. Um, so, but she sees that the letters are all closed. He, he didn't even met, like open yeah, the letters. That, yeah, yeah, and and that his father didn't want to know. And then Lady Danbury talks to her and clarifies the situation, so she learns a lot more about Simon. He should have told her, but he didn't because they don't talk. <laughs> we all go by it <laughs> all leads back to not talking. Um, and she she kind of uh, after. After finding out a bit about his past and talking to Lady Danbury, where Lady Danbury tells her that uh, it's all his doing, that she only encouraged him a little bit, but he's, and he's also a very proud man. But that the the biggest the thing that hurt him the most is the the whole perfection thing that the the mm-hmm. that his father demanded perfection and only perfection. So Daphne then meets Simon for breakfast and decides to maybe show him a little bit of you know so she brings him to her family's house where we see all the Bridgertons you see Simon playing with Hyacinth and uh George yeah. what is his name George what is the son uh, uh Gregory Gregory oh George anyway <laughs> anyway there's a lot of Georges I yeah. can't blame me but, but they, also, they have this truce don't they because the, she they, they meet at the breakfast room they have breakfast together and Daphne invites him to go to the Bridgerton house which is nice to kind of show him also what family like family doesn't mean necessarily this this idea of perfection it doesn't it it really doesn't mean perfection yeah, we it's know it's horrible it's like, know, it's, it can be nice and it can be friendly and it, you know it can just be supporting each other which is you know, and and then we have that scene that we were commenting on before the with Daphne sorry with I Eloise. skipped ahead too far <laughs> <laughs> no but it's will Eloise uh, Benedict and Anthony and that's like that it becomes this awkward scene where like and they're talking about like Benedict is chastising her for like n- never doing that again, which you did with like, like you know showing up at Genevieve's place and whatever. They're talking about it, and then Anthony comes and sits down and is like We're talking about you know about what. And then Benedict goes and say, "Oh, I am. I have a friendship with uh, Genevieve de la Croix, Genevieve, the modiste." And then they look at each other, and then and then Eloise is just in the middle with like the chocolate, and then eating the chocolate. I I love how she has a moment, a, a very Joey moment. You know, Joey doesn't share food because when they come together, she's like, "I don't share." She's just like, no, my and then, chocolate. No. And then they're talking over her, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm very glad for you, brother." And it's just a very awkward well, moment. Anthony at, that, Anthony at that time, I think it's because he's back with Sienna. Then they have yeah, yeah, um, kind of broken up, uh, broken up. But so he's just. 
trying to be encouraging of his brother doing what he's doing, basically. Basically, yeah. And so yeah. he doesn't want to be a hypocrite, basically. No. And and but it's so funny because it's like, well, what was in that candy? Like, what what happened with him? <laughs> he's like completely changed. But it's Love a very it. very awkward scene where like you know she's yeah. Like, and we see we see like we have a uh, Colin singing. We have a bit of a sing song and dance, uh-huh. which is very nice and lovely. And please, can we have Jonathan Bailey sing next season? Thank yes, you. Thank you. <laughs> and we Love know that all it. all three of them can sing. Uh, yeah. We know that, and we ABC, ha- release an album. That's what? what we ask. ABC release yeah. an album. Oh, they have that video with them singing the Elvis Presley. Um, I forgot the name of the song. Yes, I know. It's a yeah, Christmas yeah. Christmas no, anyway, but uh, they they released it, came it on, out at Christmas time. That's why uh, they released it on. Uh, they put it out. This is a short video of them singing this thing like a a, a trio. Uh, singing on Instagram, so that you, you, I already knew they all could sing, but they can actually sing, which is would be nice to nice. see some more singing from their part. Yes, singing. Let's just make it into a musical already. Yeah, yeah, just you know. And the thing is, um, when I know that Collins, the actor who plays Colin, is uh, trained in musical theater, so I think that also that scene kind of is a nod to like show the, the actor's talent but i guess yeah. it also shows you know the how the way the family is just like having fun and it also shows this other more fun side of colin that we haven't seen much in this season yes. which is important yes, you know please we need to see more of the fun side of colin please i think colin <laughs> spent the whole season trying to be taken seriously yeah yeah uh, which never really works when you try so hard you know nobody takes <laughs> it seriously but uh, so Yes, we have. I we have we have the beginning then of the uh, Hastings Bowl, uh, and I made a note here saying how like, brave it was to yeah. have a ball in the open in Britain, and I I, I was vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I th- I think again this is like the ball is kind of like in the prep- in, in preparation for the ball, um, you see them kind of uh, bonding a little bit. Simon. Yeah, Daphne and Simon. Yeah, when yeah. they're deciding what how they're going to uh, so, conduct the ball and how many dances they'll they'll have together and all that. And so the things leading up to the ball, um, the last events like little little things that happened right before the ball, kind of kind of uh, build up to what will happen. So like, yeah. you know, she is able to show him uh, what a fun time and imperfect families can be, and that mm-hmm. that's okay. She's able to show also like show this kind of uh, lack of care, the the fact that she laughs and they're yeah. talking. So it's kind of like not everything has to be so intense. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think that's uh, I I think I missed that a bit in the show, and I think the the books do that very well of showing this kind of very light hearted side to these characters. Mm-hmm. That the show sometimes because it's kind of Shondaland and dramatic, and you know all the drama and all the tea. <laughs> um, I think sometimes you forget that, and I think it's really nice to see those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the ball is where everything happens, basically. Everything. Uh, we have a very nice moment, which I really liked. Uh, after after <laughs> saying so many things about Eloise, um, Eloise finally kind of thanks Daphne for being who she is, so she doesn't have to be yeah. that perfect. Because Daphne, it's Eloise's first proper ball, mm-hmm. and Daphne's just like, you can go to the library, I won't tell anybody. Yeah. Oh, what a um, lovely It's sister. very nice sisterly yeah. moment. Uh, and we also have uh, Colin apologizing to Penelope for the way he spoke to her regarding Marina. And then he tells her he's going away on his on his grand tour of the continent, as all uh, young men at the time did. 
and it's i think so Penelope was about to tell uh, she was about to tell yeah him she was that, about to tell him yeah that that she loves him um so yeah she doesn't she just goes away she leaves a uh, big nod to uh, what's coming <laughs> and the thing is um um she uh, I, I i i was gonna jump in time forget about it. i forget about that uh <laughs> that happens <laughs> but yeah so uh, we have uh, eloise again trying to tell the queen um that she thinks that uh, genevieve is genevieve de la Croix is um the lady whistledown but then the queen's man just goes and says no we know we're going to intercept her tonight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're gonna get her tonight because they're all angry at lady whistledown yeah so that it's that gossiper the the queen's um butler or whoever i don't know his position yet but he's the one that likes to just there all the time yeah so he tells her uh about about the plan to get the bay bay city rollers no the the bay is that the name no that's the name of a band isn't it (laughs) (laughs) well yeah right so they're gonna go after her i think because basically they know where she gets uh published where she sends her text to be published yeah and to be printed, so. But he never says her. he never says it's it's Genevieve de la Croix. Just no, say, he found, never does. He never does. So actually, for all we know, they they know who Lady Whistledown actually is. For all we know, or they no, actually don't. they don't. They they know where when she's going to go there. So that's why they want to intercept yes. her. But it doesn't mean that they know who the person is. That's true. That's very true. Because otherwise, they would just get get to their house and you know you know yeah. I think and, the, uh, the queen would have, have that power. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, when uh, when um, at, at the ball, then we have a, a reconciliation between Daphne and Simon. They waltz together, and it's a really beautiful moment of like all the couples dancing. It's kind of a you know a fifteenth birthday party because this is <laughs> debutante, kids, yeah, yeah, or sweet sixteen or whatever you want to call it. That's what it looked like. And but <laughs> but just important to mention uh, that the song the song they are dancing yes. to is a, an arrangement or like a recomposition or something. I don't know how to call it of uh, Vivaldi's Spring. So we had Vivaldi's Summer in the last episode, which was this the, the storm. And then we have spring, which um, means many, many different things. And mm-hmm. we are recording and, and this yeah. in spring, so we yeah, know what And it interestingly, means. Last, uh, in last episode, it was Tormenta, wasn't it? So it's like yeah. a storm. Yeah. And this time, they get a storm. Yeah, it's an actual... They, yeah. li- a literal storm. Uh, and there's a whole... That, I mean, look, again, we're going to come in as, you know, ooh, study literature, ooh, make analysis. <laughs> But the, the the rain washes away all all manners of sin, and all of mistakes, and there's this the sense of renewal, of restart, of like growth as well, because you know we kind of it, it, it wet like it, it makes everything wet and, and proper for it to grow. And so. the fact that the music that's playing is Spring by Vivaldi's exactly. Four yeah. Seasons, yeah. it is like quite telling. And hope then as well, and Spring I think comes with this sense of hope. And you know, new, new. And- but I think the biggest, the biggest metaphor in that scene for me is that it shows, like the way they re- reconcile there is because it shows, like it. This is a planned ball, but to the eyes of the town, everything had to be perfect, and mm-hmm. it rained on it. So it really wasn't perfect. It was far from perfect. It just like it literally rained on their parade. It was not perfect. And, and yet, you could see that Daphne was like, ah. Oh, 
you know, I'm done. I'm tired of pretending. She said it to him. Like, I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired to, you know. And then he kind of feels that too. Like finally, mm-hmm. you know, no they more pretending. To drop, to drop all the all the pretense, all the all the actions that were just done because they were expected to be done. You know, because mm-hmm. of all these societal expectations. Uh, so I, I think again we see a fun side to them as well the fact yeah. that they just don't mind getting wet which is which is like that as well i think also in a way daphne's way of showing that simon that they they don't have to be perfect and she tells him like you were you were led to believe that um the you can only be loved if you're perfect and that's not you know that's not true <laughs> that's not true at all it's not true yeah. Um and they reconcile then we have that they go they when after the ball's over they have their reconciliation moment and Simon says to Daphne he doesn't know how to be the man she want she needs and wants him to be and she just says you just need to stay. Yeah. You just need to try and stay and not let you know the ghosts of the past haunt you so much. Yeah. And obviously because it's Bridgerton uh there's some uh, sexy times <laughs> and sex is, sex is quick. Yeah. It's super quick Very for everybody quick. involved, uh, and these are some of the moments that bother. I think that that just bother people a little because a bit, bit too quick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they were they were in kind of um. It been a while, yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. It been a while. Fair enough. So it kind of understandable. That. Yeah. So with the end of the ball, uh, the, I think that the end of the Hastings ball marks the end of the season, and mm-hmm. the town is moved, going away to the country, you know, to enjoy the the summer in the country because usually the ball ha- the, the season happens um, in spring, mm-hmm. um, and we see all the endings. So we tie some endings, and some of them are left open on purpose because that's we're gonna come back to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we found oh before the ball ends. By the way, before we we get to yeah. the next day, while the have, ball is happening, while the ball is happening. Eloise decides to protect. She wants to protect Lady Whistledown's uh, identity. Mm-hmm. Protect so she, her in general. Protect her. Yes, protect her exactly. And she goes to the place where she's gonna get her um, her column printed. And as Lady Whistledown pulls in, as the carriage arrives, Eloise just sees the, the the queen's the queen's men coming in, and she just says, "Just go away. It's it's you know it's a trap. It's a trap. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a <laughs> go trap. away." And she basically manages to save Lady Whistledown, and then we we see who Lady Whistledown actually is. Who Lady Lady Whistledown is Penelope. Penelope Pen Pen. It was always there. Pen. Ah, Her name is Pen. It was always there. <laughs> and also important to note, and also her surname is Feather. So let's just put it out there. She oh is, my God! Look at you. Obviously, Lady Whistledown. <sighs> but while while this is all happening. We have another story unfolding, which is that of Mr. Featherington, who is oh, yes, celebrating yes. his win, uh, like two de- a day after the actual win, when everything's like, and you see that Portia is like already happy that she managed to get the girls' new dresses for the ball. Everything is perfect. Penelope's is yellow, by the way. Yeah, obviously. And then they are. Um, uh, I must. I must say, I do love Portia's dresses. I have nothing. No, I think I love the, I love all of their dresses. I don't like. I don't love Penelope's dresses. To be age, I love. I like them. I don't know. I don't, I don't love like they them. They suit her, but yeah. I like the dresses. Yeah. So anyway, but um, uh, Mr. Featherington is in a brothel, a house mm-hmm. of uh, um, not bad repute. <laughs> anyway, anyway, ill repute. 
that's yeah. the one and he's just all like yeah throwing money around i'm gonna drink i'm gonna fuck i'm gonna do everything and then he is uh the uh, they open the door the thugs to... the thugs come in yeah no they open the door to him like uh this lady of the brothel or something kind of like he's expecting a prostitute to be like in the in the room just for you my lord you know like so he yeah. enters and then there's the two thugs that we saw before sitting down and and they ask him to sit down and they have a, bo- a bottle of laudanum and they kind mm-hmm. of put that on the table let's talk it's kind of and implied that they made him overdose yeah they caused yeah like, to, so to it's look like to, suicide it's a way to kill someone exactly it's a way to kill someone without um getting your hands dirty in a way what i don't understand is that so in in the end the house is passed on to a relative not because he didn't lose the house on the bet because he did win the bet but uh his kind of the way they they decided to punish him was to kill him but there was no other way of punishing like him financially right and they they... don't have any male uh, any male uh sons Uh uh-huh any yeah. sons, so um, they have to. It's a good way to the punish house goes to someone else. Yeah. Uh, very, very. If you remember Pride and Prejudice, that's what's gonna happen. If uh, yeah, that will happen. Mister Collins will inherit the house. So this is very much what's happening here. We don't know who it is. We know at the end Portia gets um, a card with the name of the, the the heir of the house. You know, of whoever owns the place she lives in. And she's very and... shocked and very distressed. Yes, distressed. I wonder. Sorry. I I have yeah. I have questions. Come on, yeah. season two. Come on, come on. COVID, yeah. go, go away so they can build. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. I need it. I need them to shift uh, this season. And- yeah. Uh, and uh, we have Penelope is... So so Lord Featherington dies. Mm-hmm. The Featheringtons are all upset for different reasons, I think. And it's really interesting because I... Weirdly, I have this feeling that they're not upset because he died. Yeah, well... He it's, they are. They are. But also, they're upset about the situation they were left in. Yeah, again, the future is uncertain now. The way he dealt with them, the way he didn't show his true face. Oh yeah, like no, no, like, I don't, I don't think you completely understand understand them because it's Definitely. like no, no, I don't. I, I but I, again, I as we talked about love before, love also means other things. To be honest, yeah. as someone who lost a parent, I felt guilty because one of the things that I thought when my mom died was how are we gonna live now. Because my mom was the breadwinner, my mom was the main person. But this is just a way for you to dissociate from the fact that you know you lost a person you love so much. And in my in my case, I really loved and and was very close to my mom. So, um, but it was I, I felt guilty because I felt relief because my mom was suffering, my mom was sick. It's a very different situation. But just to explain all the feelings that go through your mind. Yeah, when, and I think I think when, it's not as straightforward as people want to believe it is. Yeah. Uh, I always I always remember, I don't know if any of you um, has read North and South by Elizabeth Gaskell, mm-hmm. or, you know, there's also an adaptation, which we'll hopefully talk about at some point. <laughs> Yay. Um, but there is a character who has, I think, six children, and they're, they're quite poor, and they work in the factory, and he kills himself. He doesn't, he doesn't, he can't stand it. They're on strike, and he can't really stand it anymore, so he kills himself. And when they break the news to his wife, her reaction is to basically be like, how dare he? Uh-huh. leave me with all the children now I have all the children to take care of I don't know how, like she doesn't and there's this whole kind of the narration kind of makes you think oh but why how how she's only thinking about money but but honestly in her situation it's literally about that as well like she there's no time almost to mourn the person because she's so concerned about how she's going to bring up six children yeah 
Yeah, and, you know? and so it's it's that. it's a way your 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 brain and your emotion like you disassociate with. So you find something else more practical to worry about. That's what happened to my mom. Sense. That's how you know Freud talked about it. You rationalize it. You think about you rationalize all the practical yeah. sides of it because it's too painful and too hurtful to think about the thing itself. Yeah, that's what yeah, happened to me. To me and with my mom, for example, it's, it's not that I thought of her only as the breadwinner and the, but, but it is it is a, it was a way of like you know worrying about something that wasn't so painful. I think something... it's I think death is so unfathomable sometimes yeah. Yeah. that we that we rely on thinking of thinking of these very practical things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that it's very much what the Featheringtons are doing in a way. And even Penelope, she said she's very sad, and we 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 see Eloise com- 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 comforting her. Oh my God, I can't even say the word. <laughs> <laughs> Offering comfort, uh, and she she is very sad, but she's also sad because Colin is leaving. Yeah. So there's a lot happening. Marina is also leaving with uh, Sir Philip. Everything so is. There's a lot there. Everything is. And I think again, from. coming back to that t- talk we had about romantic love and the respect and the. So I think when when we see Portia go, running up to to Mr. Featherington's study, and opening up his purse and seeing that he hadn't left any money in the house for them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, and then she starts crying not because she loves money more than she, she loves him, which might be true. I mean, he is awful, but also she definitely loves her children more, and her children need the money, so. Yeah, and but but also like he didn't even, you know, he, he didn't even like think of us. I, yeah, I, he he knew he didn't know he was gonna die that evening, but he could also have. Also, bear in mind that she probably thinks he killed himself. Yeah, and also, but even if we think about the actual facts, he left the house to party. Why didn't he leave some money behind? But yeah. he's clearly Why not didn't thinking. He make provisions, right? Did he clearly wasn't thinking. Wasn't thinking yeah. about his family. So that's like an an, an extra blow to her, you know, mm-hmm. feelings. So it's all very. But the, I find it interesting how the show didn't make clear in any point that it was suicide, even though he wasn't. No, think- he was forced. I think it's important because of, because of the way suicide is usually te- thematized in media and how it's it can be a problem problematic. It can be triggering for people who already are have suicidal thoughts. Yeah, they did it. They did it well in a way. I think. Yeah. And um, it's it's and and it, it almost feels like he he did do it. If I if I were Porsche, I probably believe he did do it. Yeah. Because of his out of shame, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's very it's very subtly done, which is uh always always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah so we have all these uh, ends tying uh, Eloise realizes that by talking to Benedict and, figure, and finding out that he wasn't at the ball and he was with Genevieve that Genevieve can't be Lady Whistledown and so she's like uh-huh. oh my god who is it uh, so ooh, question mark question mark does she does she ever even consider that Penelope can be Lady Whistledown I don't think she has yet so we'll see we'll see how that goes we'll see uh, so and Colin goes off to the continent Anthony declares that he will find a wife with no love though and this is a big deal uh-huh. um <laughs> and then we have we have the ending we have an epilogue very very appropriate because romance novels always have them <laughs> and you need to have them and i i respect the show for doing that <laughs> uh, and there's daphne daphne giving birth and you know the duke is there her mother's there and you know the bee is there everyone's there Everyone, everyone. It's a party. Come on, on, everyone. It's a party. Everyone's there. (laughs) And they have a baby boy, which kind of says many things. It says, We have continued the the Hastings line. So we Uh have a duke. Uh 
uh-huh. we have a new duke uh we have Simon kind of overcoming his fears of being a father. Well, I'm sure he'll struggle. But we, we have Simon in the room with her, which is... Yeah, which wouldn't happen. But yeah. I like that it ha- that is there. Uh, we have her mother there as well, which is nice. I quite like the fact that they're both there. I don't like the fact that Violet calls him uh, call, calls him your grace. Because I'm like, come on. You'd like... Yeah, I mean, need for this. I mean... You can call him Simon at this stage. Surely, surely. But at the same time, it's an interesting scene because then he... he she asked at Daphne asked Simon if he wants to hold the baby and he says yes. And so yes. he's clearly not his father. This is important mm-hmm. to point. He stays there. He's not just it's it's not a son and he's happy with the son and he'll abandon Daphne now. He has he wants the family. Yeah. And then he holds the baby and they talk about naming the baby and then he says, I think we uh, uh, we start with an it has to start with an A. After all, it's a family tradition. And then he looks at both of them like he is now a Bridgerton. Really, he doesn't yes. want to be a hate uh, a bastard, a Hastings. He wants to be a Bridgerton. Yes, so, yes, that is very sweet, and it's a very lovely, uh, lovely <laughs> ending. There's the bee buzzing around because the bee will be is the is the uh, is the thread that connects season two. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. So yeah, I think that was uh, that was Bridgerton season one. Yeah. Oh my god, we did it! <laughs> Yay! Finally, Yay. eight hours Yay. of. Eight hours watching, rewatching, plus eight hours recording the podcast. <laughs> Yay, that was great. I, I mean, uh, thank you if you've listened this far. <laughs> uh, we have uh, plans now. Obviously, we want to talk about lots of other shows, other TV shows yeah. and miniseries and films. Yep. So we decided that before we start a new series, before we dive into a new TV show, that we a new, a new slash old, because there will be something that we have seen that we'll watch again. Uh-huh. Uh, we decided to do like a palate cleanser. So yes. <laughs> we will talk about some films. Yes. And which films, you ask? <laughs> you, uh, it, they're all adaptations or adaptations either from the book to the movie straight on, like the 2005 um, movie. Yeah, so we never mentioned. We're going to talk about Pride and Prejudice oh, adaptations. Yeah, by oh the way, God. BTW, we love Pride and Prejudice. We know that the 95 BBC series is the best, but we want to talk about and movies. we will talk about it. it that's mm. the season of, on its own, and we'll yeah, definitely talk yeah. about it. It has to be, has to be it done. Des- it it be deserves done. one. But it, this is like a mini, mini, mini season of the podcast with only four episodes, where we'll talk about four different movies that are, in a way, or not, like, they are all- Adapted or versions of... Uh, Pride and Prejudice and to begin with uh, our next episode will be Pride and Prejudice of 2005 Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice the one with Kira Knightley yeah the famous and Matthew one Matthew McFadden uh, who ever like which which is not the most you know kind of faithful and I'm doing lots of air quotes here because <laughs> uh, adaptation studies girl over there is gonna <laughs> kill me what <laughs> well there's no faithfulness yeah well but but it is a very good adaptation and it's just such a good film to watch. It's just one of those that it cannot but make you happy when you watch it. Lovely, lovely. And it's so beautiful. Mm, it's beautiful. And then we mm. watch um, Bridget Jones. Because that is also a version of Bride and Prejudice. Yes. We watch uh, Bride and Prejudice, which is a Bollywood production. Bollywood yes, slash love me some Bollywood. English, yeah. <laughs> A version, like an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. And we watch... Lastly, but not like, <laughs> last but not least, we are going to watch Austin Land, which is an adaptation of a book that is kind of a variation of Jane Austen. It's like a... like a. It's, it's, a, it's a meta. It's, it's a meta thing. You, it's you very see, meta. You yeah. Yes, and it's uh, hilarious. And we have 
uh, you know, we have JJ Field. So what else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, we hope that so, yeah. you, you like this th season and that you'll come back to uh, listen to us speaking about other uh, period dramas in the next yes, season. Yes, and I, of... uh, I have a lot to say about Pride and Prejudice, so uh, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be lovely. I'm I wrote sure. a thesis on it, literally. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> But I'm very much looking. I haven't seen those films in years. Yeah. So I'm very excited to rewatch them. It's going to be fun. going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. see you uh, in, the, in our next season in a couple of weeks, probably when you listen to the episode in a couple of weeks from this uh, moment. Yeah, we'll let you know on our social media and all that. So you'll know when it's coming. Uh, but yes, very exciting. Thank you for uh, being here with us and listening to us. And hopefully Bridgerton season two will not be long. Hopefully we'll have it in 2021, even though that's possibly wishful thinking. Uh, but let's let's think with let's a lot hope, of optimism and thank you uh reggae jean for being the perfect duke yes amazing we, we stand we appreciate i hope he i hope he is successful whatever he does next <laughs> we love you and, and, and what yeah say no no what you want to say <laughs> i was just gonna say i'm very excited i'm very excited about anthony's season because i love anthony's book so so we'll we'll see we'll like you'll hear us next time Thank you for joining us this season. And this is a wrap on season one of Pulse Colonials in Petticoats. And Bridgerton. And Bridgerton, <laughs> yes. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you for listening. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to Pulse Colonials in Petticoats, where we dissect period dramas old and new. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.